Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. On this week's Patreon Nation podcast, we have a very special guest. Drew Lieberman is the founder and CEO of Sideline Hustle. You have seen him on Instagram and Twitter. He's working. He's out there working with Jared Stidham and Cam Newton and Muhammad Sanu and OBJ. We have a great conversation with him about football in general, his coaching philosophy, and what we can expect from Muhammad Sanu this year. It's a great conversation. So buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's it. intercepted. He intercepted to Malcolm Butler. Butler has it at the one. Malcolm Butler stepping in front of the throw. And the Patriots have possession with 20 seconds to go. Bags, we're back, and uh, I can tell you, man, this is this is one of the this is one of my favorite interviews we've ever done. Unbelievable, yeah, dude. It was, and it kind of came out of nowhere, right? I, I called you Tuesday. Um, we actually joked with him. I was like, you know, let us know where you're training next, so I don't have to keep stealing your Instagram stories for my content. But <laughs> you know, I just seen uh, Monday that he was working with Sanu and, and Stedham, and you know, it's saw I've been following him on Instagram for a while and love his work. So I just said, Hey, shot in the dark. I'll shoot him over DM. Hey, love to have you on. Love your work. Love you work with Sanu. And he happy to came on. And what a story, man. I, I, you know, I, I obviously knew a little bit about it just from doing research and following his work for a while, but yeah. uh, kind of from where he came from, you guys obviously here, it's, it's a great conversation, not only just for Patriot stuff. And obviously we get into, uh, he's had the coolest job in the last three weeks. Like he's worked with Cam Newton out in Hollywood yeah. with OBJ and now he's working with, Stidham this week so if there's anybody who probably has any sort of clue who looks better it's that guy obviously we're not going to ask him put him on the spot uh you guys won't know um but uh just cool conversation man i mean great dude and yeah and uh happy to have him on i think you guys will really enjoy it no it is it's a great conversation and too i think you know like you said even outside of patriot stuff you know just a conversation i really enjoyed the conversation about you know, what it means to be a coach and what it means to, you know, to care about your players and, and the philosophies that you kind of bring to the game, because it's very similar to the philosophies that I've seen from coaches that I've had. And also, you know, when I coached a, a similar philosophy to why, of course, you know, I was coaching freshman football, right. But, but, you know, the same type of thing, you kind of bring that same type of philosophy where you're caring about your players, uh, you know, is really, is really step number one. And so I think uh, it's a great conversation. You guys are going to really, really enjoy it. 
And so we're going to get right into it, and then we'll talk to you guys next week. All right. We are very excited to have on the show Drew Lieberman. He is the founder and CEO of the Sideline Hustle. This man, if you see him and follow him on Instagram, he's out working with Cam and OBJ and Muhammad Sanu and Jared Stidham and uh, Julio Jones. He's out there working with everyone. So, Drew, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate it. We're uh, excited to talk some football with you. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm, I'm definitely excited as well. So, Drew, let's get into it. Um, obviously, you know, we uh, we we uh, DMJ came on. It was you know huge for us, and I, I really appreciate it. Before we get going, but um, little talk a little bit about you. And I, I know you know a lot of people know you as wide receiver guru, wide receiver you, the goat. Um, but kind of talk a little bit about how you started. You know, obviously went to Wesleyan. Tell your story, how you got kind of linked with these guys, and and kind of where you got today. Yeah, no doubt. So I, uh, I like you said, I played at Wesleyan University. I played quarterback. Um, my junior year, I blew up my shoulder, um, my throwing shoulder. So kind of started to coach that year as a junior. Um, ended up becoming the, the full-time quarterbacks coach as a student at Wesleyan. That was kind of like the beginning of the whole journey. You know, I'm going to the same school as Belichick, the greatest coach of all time. So I'm kind of looking at it like, well, this coaching thing's pretty cool. Like, you can really make a career out of this. Look at this guy who came from the same background. Like, maybe I'll end up like him and just kind of went for it. Um, so then from there, my first job out of college, I was the assistant receivers coach at the University of Albany. Uh, then got hired at Rutgers that next year. I uh, was at Rutgers for about three years. Um, at one point was the youngest coach in the Big Ten, uh, coaching the receivers there. And then kind of just looking at the landscape, assessing college football, looking at some of the guys who I idolized in the profession. And I was like, this is just not for me. Like, even all these guys who I look up to, like, they don't have a social life. They don't have a family life. A lot of guys are sleeping in their office, even though they're making $500,000 a year. Like just the, how much you had to sacrifice in order to coach at that level was just not something I thought I was willing to do. I was just like, as much as I love football, I don't think I love it enough to go down this path. And I couldn't see another way other than like sacrificing really like you basically as a coach at that level, you're raising someone else's kids instead of raising your own in a lot of cases. And that, that was scary to me. Uh, so because of that, I just, I left at the top, at the top, uh, went back to Wesleyan, got my master's in writing, thinking I was going to write a book about all the crazy experiences. That book turned into a podcast of our own, the Sideline Hustle podcast, and that's kind of where this whole thing was born. Uh, through the podcast, a lot of people were like, hey, start breaking down films, start sharing your knowledge on kind of the X's and O's, and that's when everything blew up. I started just making those the teach tapes that you guys see on Instagram, the little one-minute videos. I just taught myself how to video edit on YouTube and those got better and better. And, and, you know, the better the content got, the more people kind of took notice. Pro guys started retweeting it and reposting it. And then um, I was training Tim Wright, another former Patriot and Rutgers guy. I was training Tim and Leate Carew uh, in New Jersey. And those are the guys who first reached out to Mo. And they were like, hey, you know, we just got to work with him. He's kind of the best guy in the area. Like next time you're back home in Jersey, make sure you get with him. This was probably about two, two and a half years ago. Um, and then once, once me and Mo linked up, um, you know, it was an immediate bond. We, we see the game the same way. We speak the same language. And him and I just kind of started working full time. And that's really, he's helped expose me to a lot and get me in front of a lot of great players. And that's really where I'd say the whole brand and like my reputation really started to grow it was about two years ago. And we've just been at it ever since. You know, I think our, our mission really is just like, I really feel like we can change the world through the game of football, just with the values that we preach and, and you know, the the things that we demand and, and the way, you know, I coach the game. I just think like those are things that can really help make people better player players, but also better men. So, so just kind of going, carrying out that mission the last two to three years of just using football to help people, you know, and help people reach their goals. And it's been, 
it's been an awesome ride, obviously, peaking this summer with all the crazy workouts we've had and all the people we've been around. It's been, been really great. Yeah, that's, that's a wild story, man. I'll tell you what, I'm yeah. glad you gave up coaching because Belichick, I'm probably dying to have you on the staff or Wesley and Brad yeah. and Rutgers. I like, know. you kidding me? That's, that's a Belichick <laughs> dream come true right there, you know? Yeah, so, it wouldn't shock me if, if at some point after he sees all the work I'm doing, someone calls me from there. But life is too good right now to go back to that, man. Like, what we're doing right now is too special to, I think, Hey, to go that's back it. To you know what? Route, but... And you build, you build those personal relationships with, with people, and that's where, that's where it comes into play. And, you know, you see, you know, pro athletes, and pro athletes are just like anyone else, but these pro athletes that demand so much out of themselves and so much out of their game to be working with someone whoever it is that you're choosing to work with, you know that those people are legit because those people demand so much out of themselves. Yeah. And so, you know, so you look at it and say, okay, we've seen Drew, you know, on Instagram and on, and on YouTube and everything like that. But now he's working with these dudes. Like he's legit because this, no, they're not working with them. If, if that's the case, cause they right. can work with whoever they want, you know what I mean? And that's, and that's kind of, I mean, to me, it's just, it's just, it's, it's impressed me quite a bit. I'll tell you that much. And, uh, and I, I, I love the way that you talk about the game because you have a, a great passion for it and a great passion for not just the game of football, but also the men that are in football as well. And I think that that's kind of a huge focal point for you. And I think that that, that really kind of speaks to, to one of the reasons why I love the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. I think that was really like a, a goal of building the platform side. Like that's always been like my, whole philosophy is like the number my in my opinion as a football coach in general your number one job is to love your players and do right by your players your number two job after that is, is you're a communicator right so whether you're communicating motivation or you're communicating a lesson or you're educating like you first need to love your players and the next thing is you need to you need to be a great communicator in order to be a good coach so that's kind of like the philosophy i've always lived with but even on on that by doing right by the players i think a huge mission of sideline hustle is just exposing who these guys are like how like you know you look at the notoriety of nfl players versus nba players like it's it's, it's not even comparable and i think like something that i hope to do with Stop my hustle is just continuing to to bring more exposure and, and give the guys a voice and, and show their personalities behind the helmet i think that's really something that's that's lacking in the football landscape and it's been cool to do that uh thus far with the platform you know starting with guys like mo and, and all the other guys you see kind of giving their two cents and, and showing what they're about on the platform I mean, that, that's that got to be the coolest thing, though, man. I mean, like, you go from, right, you're at Wesleyan, you blow out your shoulder, probably down in the dumps, like, you don't know where you're going with your career. Now looking yeah. back on it, where you are now, like, you're chilling with OBJ, like, two weeks ago, man. Like, that's got to be the cool yeah. Cam Newton. Like, you're out there this week with the Pats. Like, dude, you ever look back and be like, like, wow, I came a long way. Like, this is this is really cool. All the time, man, honestly. Like, I spend a lot of time with myself just, like, reflecting and thinking back on it because it really is, like, it's a really special journey. It's something I'm really grateful for. Um, and it was really hard and like really like pretty lonely. And it's like, we've in a lot of ways I've done something that no one's ever done. And just the way that there's leaving football at the top and, and taking everything I learned and then, you know, start this media platform, teaching the game of football online in a way that's never really been done. And now living with, you know, an NFL receiver full-time training him full-time working with all these guys. Like, you know, I didn't, I never really had a blueprint to follow. And a lot of it was just like trusting myself and to see that all play out. Um, it's pretty cool. And especially to think back, like you said, like when I left Rutgers and got to weather that, that first year where I didn't, where Southern Hustle wasn't even a thing that I hadn't even thought of it was like, it was a, a super low point. It was a really hard year. And in the lowest point is when I had kind of the inspiration to start Southern Hustle. And it's, it's just, a, it's just a crazy lesson that in, you know, my darkest days is when, you know, this thing was formed and, 
and something that's probably going to, you know, build a career for myself for the rest of my life. So it's definitely an awesome thing to look back on and, you know, a process that I haven't done alone. Like I have an awesome team. Um, I've, I've built this thing really with my mother and my best friends, which is the, even the coolest part. It's all been very close. Um, and it's been a tight circle kind of building this thing throughout. So it's been an awesome journey for sure. That's unreal. So you, obviously you were a quarterback first. How did you kind of get into the receiver? Did you, did you play at a young age? Was it a position that you just studied and, and just had a lot of knowledge in, even though you didn't play it? Like how did that all kind of come about? It was completely by chance. When I got hired at the University of Albany, they were like, listen, the job that's open is the video coordinator, and you'd be the assistant crazy. receivers coach. Do you, do you want it? And I, right. And I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll take it. Like knowing, just knowing like, hey, I know what basic routes receivers run. Like, I'll figure it out. Like, I'm a young coach. And that first year, I worked with a guy, Aaron Smith, who's now the receivers coach at UConn. Unbelievable coach. And that's when I fell in love with the position. Just like the detail, the art form of it, the way every step mattered, like, that's when I was like, oh, this is really cool. Um, and then I went to Rutgers and like, same thing. Um, they, like the position that was open was like the assistant quarterback receiver coach. So same deal where like, uh, you know, I was working with Ben McDaniels, who's Josh's younger brother. Ben was the, uh, Ben was the receivers coach there at Rutgers at the time. And I was working with Ralph Friesen was the offensive coordinator quarterback coach. So they were like, you know, Ralph Friesen, a borderline college football hall of famer. Ben's now the quarterback coach at, at, Michigan and the office of court and the, you know, the brother of the Patriots office of coordinator. So like I was lucky enough to learn from two unbelievable guys. Ben really taught me the, the real details of the position. Like he really had a, a system and had every detail, a coaching point for every detail, a drill for every detail. Like he's really the first guy that showed me the importance of the detail of the position. Um, and the last guy I worked for is a guy by the name of Anthony Campanelli, who was up at BC for a while. He's now the, I think the linebackers coach, DB's coach for the Dolphins. He just got hired down there. He was at Michigan as well. And Campy really taught me how to coach, like how to motivate a kid, how to love your players, how to, how to push players past their limit. Um, he really taught me like the, the motivational and relating to your players side. Ben really taught me the technique of it. And it was just, I, I was really, really blessed that like a lot of this is a byproduct of a lot of great teachers. Um, you know, and a lot of great information that I've, you know, just had been able to, to be exposed to. And one thing I realized when I was at Rutgers was like, wow, like all this information that we have, all these resources we have to use with our kids, like that information is so hard to access if you're not at this level. Like there, there's, there's no way to really understand the game in this much detail at the, at the D3 or high school level. And that was a huge motivation for Sadler House. Like, let me, all the, like, the way we think at the highest level, how can I, expose that to the rest of the football world and, and allow them to think that way too. And that, that's been really the beauty of this whole thing is, is doing exactly that. Yeah. Well, you know what? It's a great reminder too, that, you know, everything happens for a reason, right? If you don't blow your shoulder yeah. at Wesleyan and you never start coaching at Wesleyan and then you never <laughs> go down this, go down this path, you know what I mean? And, and the other part of it too, for me is that having an open mind, like, yeah, you were a quarterback guy and you were a quarterback coach and then you go somewhere else and they're like, Hey, we, we want you to coach wide receivers. And instead of being like, Nah, I'm gonna wait till to a quarter. You're like, yeah, let's do it. And then you know, yeah. and you say you have a lot of great teachers, and that's great. And I'm a teacher myself. Uh, you know, my other life is I teach eighth grade math, and and I'll tell you, like, having a great teacher is important, but the student is just as important as the teacher because that student has to has to be a sponge. They have to bring things in. They have to be willing to open up and understand what's going on, and then take that information and then make something different from it as well and yeah. that's that's really what you've done and so of course you know you're great teachers and everything else but you know but don't say yourself short here like you've taken that information and use it on your own and also had that open mind to say you know what like 
let's take a look at outside of, of where I am and outside of my comfort zone to kind of grow as an individual and as a coach. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I think also an important thing is choosing like what not to take from guys, you know, like I take a lot from a lot of different people, but there's also a lot that I see other people do that I say, I don't really like that. I like the way I teach mm-hmm. it more. So I think a hundred percent, like it's just, you know, it, it's definitely been, it's been so cool having been a coach for, for nine years at the highest level and then doing side by hustle work. I, I, I've learned from, so I learned from, I learned from random comments I get on Instagram. Like even if someone's just like talking crap and trying to put me down, like it still is like, Oh, you know, he did kind of point out a hole in this drill or something that maybe I could clean up. Like I'm trying to learn and, and improve every day. Um, and, and on that note, that's probably the coolest thing about living with, with Sanu full time is like, he's a football genius in himself and him and I, we call each other picky in the brain. We try and take over the world every day. You know, what, what, one's a genius, the other's insane. Like that's, that's literally us. Like we just, we push each other. We're always thinking at, at a higher level, always thinking about how we can improve what we're doing currently. And we're never satisfied. And it's just been like, so cool to be around someone that, that pushes me that much. Um, and, and it's been a really cool just partnership. And, and like you you mentioned there, you learned from him, right? Now being around some of those, like you said, you were around Julio a couple of weeks ago, OBJ. Like, do you take, you know, obviously those guys do it at the highest level. They're elite for their own reasons. Is it, you know, they're teaching you as well, right? Like you're being a sponge in front of them. You're almost taking the backseat role, right? And and kind of putting your player shoes on and learning from them and taking that and doing it with your guys, right? A hundred percent. I think that's like hugely important. Like I, I have a great understanding of receiver play. I have a great understanding of how football is supposed to be played, all that, but I'm not the one out there doing it on the field. So when I give right. someone like Sanu or Odell or these guys a, a philosophy or a coaching point, then the way they interpret it is, is theirs. You know what I mean? So I learn from the way that they interpret that. Like I'm not, when you're coaching the guys at the highest level, I am not one to micromanage what they're doing. Like, I give them a concept and the way Muhammad Sanu does it, the way Odell Beckham does it, the way Juwan Winfrey does it, or any of the guys I coach, like that's individual to them. Like one thing I always talk about receiver play is like, you know, if you call route running an art, like I really believe it's an art form, right? So, so science plus creativity equals art. And the way I look at this is like, I provide the science, right? I provide the details of every step, how low your pad should be, where your step should be, all that. But then to make it art, the athlete has to add his own creativity and put his own spin on it. Um, and I think that's huge. I think like that, that, uh, that freedom that I give my players is a big reason why they love working with me. And, and it's especially like, I, I give the better you are, the more freedom you have. Right. So my high school kids have basically no freedom because they don't know anything and they don't deserve to have freedom <laughs> right. unless they're really advanced. Right. But then like when you're working with the best of the best, like, of course I'm going to learn from them because these guys are artists, they're professional artists getting paid. Their art makes them millions and millions of dollars. So like, you know, you, there's, it's so cool learning from them because it's like, oh, wow, look at the way Odell chose to interpret this. That's so different than I thought of it. Now I, I know how he thinks a little bit better, and I can add that to my arsenal. And, like, every, and, like, and with Mo, like every day, you know, we're together every second of every day. So it's like I always have to reach into my bag and find new ways to challenge him. And by trying to do that, that's really how we grow because we go beyond. I have a bunch of drills or whatever that I've done with players of less talent than him that I've never had to – to continue to build on. And now with Mo, like, all right, he's mastered this drill. I have to build on this and find a new way to challenge him. And, and that's really where a lot of the growth and like the innovation happens, but it's been really special. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Listen, I, I need to apologize for my co-host bags. He's too young to get your reference. Uh, so I will ask you instead, uh, which, which one of you is pinky and which one's the brain? Uh, I think he's probably, he's probably pinky and I'm probably the brain, but it's a little bit of both. It's a little, it's, it, it, you know, like we, we go back and forth with it. Uh, it depends kind of 
it, it just depends on the situation, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's definitely a good back and forth thing. Yeah, yeah, no. Spag, Spag's only twenty four, so he he never seen. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. Pinky in the brain. That was that was it back in the day. Oh, hey, maybe maybe it. if you get me right, I could play slot. I don't know. Maybe, we'll, we'll see. I get the size. We'll see. Um, no, but I mean, hey, talking, you know, kind of switching it over here. Uh, we talked about it a little bit off the air, but you you've had the coolest job. I'm not kidding. The coolest job the last three weeks. You got to see Cam Newton live right after the signing, the, all, all the hype. And then this week, obviously, you've been working with the numerous amounts of uh, of Patriots players. Uh, kind of what's that experience like? Ha- did you grow up a Pats fan? Like, is that, I mean, obviously, anytime you're working with NFL guys, but when it's your team, it's got to be pretty cool, too. Like, I'm a fan first. I always like to say that. Like, I don't know how that experience, Ben, how, you know, how those guys looking. And obviously, we'll get into how Mo's doing and his big comeback year uh, coming up. Yeah. Um, the the experience has been incredible. Um, I actually grew up a Giants fan, believe it or not. I was born in New York City, um, but which which I'm sure me. everyone listening. You're like, trying to well, know now. Yeah. You're coming over. I know. The I know. And, you know. So it was interesting. Like literally, it's pretty much when I started coaching at Rutgers is when I stopped becoming a fan. Like once I started working at you know and understanding the game at the highest level, it became really hard to then invest myself emotionally in a team I have nothing to do with. Like I'm I'm gonna go get mad about the New York Giants when I, when I can't even get my own players to do the right thing, you know, you know, you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, so like even now, like I, I'm a fan of the Patriots cause you know, my number one client base with place with Patriots, but like, it's, it, I don't really have any rooting interest now. I just really root, root for my guys um, on that level, but just like the, the, the cool thing about working with Patriots is knowing like, you know, these are Bill Belichick's guys. These guys are learning from a system that's proven to win. So just picking their brain about like, Oh, how do you guys do rehab or what's your schedule like? Or, you know, like that, it interests me more hearing about the Patriots things because there's kind of an assumption that the way they do things is, is the best way to do things. So that's definitely a special part about working with these guys. Like, like I told you before, I'm always learning from my players and picking their brain, but I definitely take a little bit more interest learning about like just how things are done behind the scenes because it's, it's Bill running the show and he's a guy I look up to and have kind of always aspired to, to like compete with in a way. I've always kind of held him as like, yo, let me try and have a legacy greater than his. And it's always kind of been since we went to the same school, been like a guy who I I'm, I'm chasing, and to be around all the guys who who live in his building every day, it's, it's awesome to learn about what what that's about and everything. No, that's cool. That's cool. All right, so I, we yeah. got to ask you the question that everyone wants to know. You've been working with them both. Who's going to be the starter? Yeah. Cam Newton? No, I'm just kidding. Don't answer that question. It's a trap. Don't answer. <laughs> that question. No. You sound like the, the reporters that you talked about coming up to you. Right. No, you you, um, you have the the. Like I said, like that is the coolest job, and I don't yeah. blame them for coming after you like like flies on. I don't shit. either. I don't either, man. I, if I was them, I'd probably do the same thing, especially in this quarantine when there's nothing else to talk about. Like, I know, I, right? That's it. So, well, let, yeah. so I, I just now used to. One of the things that I love, by the way, the way you talk about you know route running and how it's an art and how they can throw their own spin on. It, I just that just to me is just so cool. You know, science and creativity, and and that just that's amazing to me. And I love the way you describe it. So if you could, you know, you talk about, I guess, well, your biggest guys, right? You're working with Sanu and you're working with OBJ and maybe pick another guy or even just them two. Some of the differences in their game and kind of how they take, uh, and obviously, I mean, you probably can't get into too much specifics because then you'd be talking, you know, Latin to us. But like, you know, just just some of the way they take some of the coaching and make it their own uh, that that's unique to them. Yeah, so even just like, you know, I'll talk about certain footwork, like, patterns to get in and out of, like, a curl route, right? And, like, this was something, like – so generally, like, the best high school college players can get in and out of a curl route in three steps. 
most guys, including like a guy like Jarvis Landry, get that in four steps, right? Like a drop one, two, three, or like a tight break kind of at the top, mm-hmm. which is hard to talk about without without like seeing without it. But seeing it. so like, yeah, so like for example, about. like I, I, I'm going through a drill with Mo and I'm like, hey, here's the break point, you know, snap one, two, get out in three steps, whatever. And he runs out and he gets out in two steps. And I was like, wait, that wasn't it. But he was like, he was like, I don't need three steps. I can get out in two. And that was the first time in person I'd ever seen anybody get out of a curl in two steps. And he's just that good. You know what I mean? So like, there's things like that that I learned from, but also just like, I, I just am kind of more with the pro guys. I'm just kind of like more, it's more movement based, right? Like I, I coach movements. Like a big thing that I do is like, like when you're on the field, you're often reacting to the defensive back or everything's very fluid. So it's not always easy to, create those, those same environments in practice. So one thing I try to do is I just try to build the fundamental movements that I know are going to show up on the field. So whether it's shifting somebody side to side, whether it's cutting off of one foot, whether it's dropping your hips because you got to break down, like those are three really of the main movements of the receiver position. So that's where the most interpretation comes, where I'll give a very detailed description of here's how I want your body to move. And, but then watching the way Odell's body move versus Jawan's body versus, you know, Tristan Jackson of the Rams versus, uh, you know, I was working with the kid Gunner on, on the Patriots. Like just all these yeah. guys, it's just very interesting to just to see the way their body interprets it. And now, and then I use my critical eye and I determine, okay, is their creativity okay? Is that is that or or is there something about the way they're moving that's going to hurt them or cost them something? And that's the only time I step in. Is if all right, maybe Odell's interpretation is different than Moe's, but if if Odell's, you know, if that interpretation is causing his left foot to be a little bit too wide, that's something I have to fix. But if it's not causing any of those deficiencies, I just right. let him be, do what's natural to him. Um, and so with the pro guys, that's really Got my it. job, is just to have that critical eye and point out when something's hurting them. But I'm not trying to change who they are. I'm not trying to overmanage how they move. Like, they have their own way of doing things. It's just like, hey, that way of doing things could cause you problems down the road, and here's why. Because when that step gets too wide, it's going to prevent you from doing this, this, and this, and, and just kind of explaining those things to them and keeping things tight that way. Yeah, it's fascinating. I mean, the difference is, you know, Wes Welker is one of the best route runners I've ever seen as far as cutting ability is just insane. And, yeah. and how he would get into even just an in route, he'd get into an in route and he's just gone. And you're just like, wait a second. Where yeah. the hell? And even in warmups, you can see it and it's crazy to watch, you know. And so uh, it, it is really interesting how they do that. Now, my curiosity, I know you were a quarterback, but I'm just, you know, you've been doing this the last few weeks. Do you ever kind of uh, you know, do you want the quarterbacks to throw different ways? Are you asking them to do different things? Or are they just out there doing their thing and you're saying, okay, we're going to run a, a, you know, a 12 yard, a 12 yard hitch here, or, you know, a, a 15 yard curl or whatever the case may be and just get it to them. Or are you asking them, okay, uh, you know, throw it to this spot here or try to hit them where it makes it a challenging catch or, you know, something like right. that. I don't know if you're, just curious if you're so, coaching yeah, there's, them up there's, at all. There's a couple. There, there, there's a couple things. So like when it's routes on air, I don't coach them at all. Like I don't coach them on where to put the ball or anything. Um, if it's a okay. drill, I may say like, hey, let them run out of the break a little longer before you throw it because I want to see them. I want to emphasize them running out of it rather than like having the perfect timing. But otherwise, like I, I like I, I played quarterback, so I can pretty much put the ball where I want it. That's where I'll pick and choose spots. I would never want to have Jared Stidham and say, hey, purposely throw a bad ball here to work on the quarterback, to work on the receiver. You know, I don't think that's good for him to get used to purposely throwing a low ball. Now, that's something I'll do, and I'll kind of pick and choose and think to myself, like, oh, you know, I haven't seen Sanu catch many low balls today. Let me throw the next three reps kind of low. Um, So I'll do that myself. When we have quarterbacks, um, when we have quarterbacks, I generally just just let them, uh, you know, do what they do. The only thing I'll say is maybe maybe, – coach like when I want them to throw it to accomplish something for the wideouts in that drill. Right. Yeah. Like uh, you say, just get yeah. out of the break. 
Got it. Yeah, and and then just like in general, just the general talking to helps. Like like, hey Jared, how do you see this? Do you want him here? Do you want him there? You know, just that those kind of conversations as well. Um, just so I can kind of learn how the quarterbacks think, and then can relay that to the guys in any way that that makes sense. Or just to you know be privy to that information is, is, is helpful as well, just to get everyone on the same page. Right. That's okay. awesome, man. And and this has been uh this has been a great conversation. Like I said, we we appreciate it so much. Um, I guess to to kind of wrap up, we'll obviously talk about your guy, our guy here, uh, Mohamed Sanu. Obviously, uh, came over tough situation last year. I mean, the Patriots got uh, nothing but prior to the trade, bef- uh, other than Edelman, right? I mean, he was the guy, and like they bracketed him all year. He doubled. He he made the most of it, right? And and you know, Mo comes over halfway through the year. Uh, is kind of deemed as that savior to the position, which I thought was so unfair. Got to come in, learn such a complex playbook halfway through the season then obviously gets hurt and and just just you know you know obviously things happen and now he seems like he's on a vengeance wor- working with you he's out there working every day he, he seems ahead of schedule from that ankle surgery I guess uh kind of what have you seen from him is this like a different type of beast that you've seen uh, knowing him in the past is he is he ready to just absolutely tear it up this year yeah he's he's become a completely different person and it's been uh one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of, uh, just to see a guy who at 30 years old, eight years in the NFL has, has built a, like, a, like you think about, he's going to play, you know, he's, he's going to play this year. And then after this year, he's going to go into year 10. And you think about how many wideouts in the last, you know, generation have played 10 years in the NFL. Like there's really not that many. Um, and so to see a guy who's had that much success, um, kind of like reflect on a year that probably production wise and health wise, like just none of it went the way he wanted for him to, to kind of take all that in and reflect and be humble enough to find deficiencies in his own work ethic and his own process and the way he approaches the game and, and make those changes and, and just completely change the way he approaches his work is it was, it's really been incredible because I think that's the difference between guys who like a Larry Fitzgerald, who's able to resurrect his career in the last six, seven years and, and guys who kind of fade off. And I think, you know, the, the changes Mo has made is going to ensure that he finishes the next five, six, seven years of his career really strong. But, just from like a, a man to man, like, you know, as someone who I view him as my brother, like just seeing a guy who, who cares enough about what he does to, to, and is humble enough and, and understands himself enough to say, wow, you know, I really, I could have done more last off season. I could have done more to prepare, you know, after this trade, I, I, I need to make sure that whether I'm hurt or not, that my performance never falters. Like I, my body, like, just, just to say that there are, like, whether, no matter how good I think I've been doing things to be able to find ways that you can do all those things better. Like however critical he is of himself, he was still doing things at a world-class level. And to be able, again, like to have, to be able to drop your ego enough to say, well, I see how I could do this better. I see how I could do this better. I could bring Drew on full-time and he could elevate my game. I could bring this guy on and he could elevate my game. I can, he built a team around himself. Um, he has all the resources around himself. And I think for the first time, he just has that, that killer mentality, that, that Mamba mentality that, that, you know, there's nothing will get in the way of the work. And I think so many guys in the NFL, a photo shoot is more important or traveling to go see this person is more important or this sponsorship deal. And it's like, ah, oh, I didn't get to run routes today. There has not been a day where anything has come before the work. And that's, that's going on. You know, it started with after ankle surgery, he started catching 1,500, 2,000 balls a day. That's all he could do. And we became obsessive about it. And once we started to move, we started to do some more things and just, Again, just to see a guy who has accomplished so much in his life and has no reason to be overly critical of himself, could has every right to say, you know, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna retire with all kinds of money and a great career and all this for for, for a guy who has all that to, to 
be able to kind of rebuild himself and, and, and want more out of himself and, and put the work behind it. And, you know, I'm just excited to see what's, what's going to happen this season because he, he deserves to have a great year. I think he will have a great year. Um, and, you know, it's just been an inspiring thing to be a part of for sure. Well, and that's the mentality that we want really as, as, you know, a, a football player, you want that guy to have that mentality. And that's one of the reasons why I think the Patriots liked him so much is because he has that mentality. He's kind of always had it. But, like, when you face adversity like he faced last year, and I thought a lot of it, as Spag said, was really unfair. I mean, you know, we talked about this a little bit off air. You know, I just feel like sometimes the media and the fans just pile on just a few select players just because. Because they can. Because the yeah. easy, oh, this guy or whatever. You know, and it, it was very, it could have been very easy for him to justify that and say, hey, look, you know, I didn't play as bad as everyone thought. I played hurt. Like, I did my best. Like, screw you guys. You know what I mean? Like, but for him to accept that, and say, you know what, I'm going to work harder and come back even better and stronger from that shows the mentality that he has and really, you yeah. know, shows the type of person he is as well. And uh, and I'm, I mean, I'm super excited about him this year. I really think he's going to have a, a good resurgence here. And again, you know, Brady was kind of notoriously challenging to work with, uh, certainly as a, mm-hmm. as, as a new guy coming in. And I think, you know, having the ability to whoever the starter is this year, whether it's Cam or Stidham, having the ability to be the first time that person starts for the Patriots, he's starting with Sanu out there with him, I think is a right. big deal for him. And so I think that that's going to be important as well. Um, and I'm I'm just excited about it, and, and I love seeing the work that he's doing and the work that you're posting. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure all Patriots fans are excited about it. I can't wait. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I think, you know, I think also part of this is just like, a certain level when you're in this game for a long time you realize like there's something unspoken like there are football gods there's some sort of high you know like there throughout the history of the game of football when you take a guy who in Muhammad's new who can walk out of bed in the morning and he has 60 catches 600 yards right that's pretty much right. been his line his whole career and as you and you talk about a guy who can walk out of bed at 60 catches 600 yards who's been working at a certain level Decent life, right? I'll tell right. You that. But, he's, but he's been working. He's been working at a. He's been working at a, at a certain yeah. level to, to have that production. And then increase that level two, three times. You know, the the way football works is your production is going to improve. You know, at, at a similar rate. So I think that's what's exciting is like, you know, to again to have a guy who's been such a good, solid player to then take everything to the next level. Like just the way football works is you get rewarded for that when you're that talented and, and you and you invest that much more in yourself. Um, and I think he's just invested so much in himself. Uh, it's just a matter of time before it all it all kind of pays off for him, and, and we're we're excited as well, man. It's been like I said, it's been really cool to be a part of. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Well, mm-hmm. listen, we're we're very happy to to have had you on. Listen, I have a uh, I have a field right across the street from my house. You guys ever want to come by? You know, and throw the ball around. You let me know. Uh, I got. We'll, three we'll sit there with the binoculars and run around. around, so we don't have to keep hey, stealing. Let- I don't have to keep stealing your Instagram stories from my Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, let me know, man. We're always looking for the places to train that are that are low key, so you never know. I know, right? So, but Drew, before we let you leave, uh, why don't you plug yourself a little bit? Tell everyone, you know, where they can see you and uh, and where they can interact with you and whatnot. Yeah, no doubt. So the best place to find me is on social media um, at Sideline Hustle on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to follow my personal, it's at Coach Leibs, uh L I E B S. Um, but really like, you know, Instagram, Twitter is where you're going to find the one minute, uh, teach tape videos and kind of the educational one minute breakdowns and YouTube is a lot of our great long form content. I do like these 15, 20 minute breakdowns of NFL receivers. We, I, I take you behind the scenes of some of our training sessions and that's really where you can find all of our content. And then 
Um, SidelineHustle.tv is our website. We have our VIP coaching program where players, coaches kind of pay monthly for, for um, exclusive content and, and feedback from me and stuff like that. So we've got a bunch of resources. Like, like I said, just really our, our goal is just to provide value to the football landscape any way we can. And we try to sit back and look at where the deficiencies are and where kids need, you know, just more education or more resources or more assistance, especially just because like there's so many kids around the world and around the country that don't have great coaching. So just to, to be able to provide some coaching through the relevant platforms is, is really our goal. And, and we're just trying to continue to push that every single day. So at sideline hustle, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and that's where you can find everything. Awesome, man. Well, we, we appreciate it so much. Uh, like I said, this was, uh, this is real cool for me and for you to take the time out of your day and, and to, to even answer me, uh, that, that speaks volumes about you and your character. And, uh, like I said, I, I really appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll definitely be in touch. Love to have you on again, uh, chit chat here and there, but thanks again so much. Yeah, no doubt. Thank you guys. And, and I'd love to do this again. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.